Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Welcome to the Defender Bible Study Podcast. Today is Monday, August 21st, 2023. My name is Chris Johnson. I serve as the Vice President of Church Partnerships and Government Affairs at Lifeline Children's Services. Well, today we're coming to the conclusion of 2 Timothy, the book of 2 Timothy. We've been looking, uh, working, walking through First and 2 Timothy, and now we are coming to the conclusion. We're going to be looking at verses 9 through 22 today. Uh, we're coming to the conclusion of 2 Timothy, but even more importantly, we're coming to the conclusion of Paul's life. Uh, it was believed that shortly after he wrote this letter to Timothy, this second letter, that, that he passed away, maybe even within a year, probably maybe a little bit shorter time frame. Uh, after writing this letter, uh, he went to uh, to be with his Savior, to be in heaven. And uh, man, we look forward to, to to the day that we get to meet him, those of us that have placed our faith in Christ. But, um, you know, the great Paul here, he wrote, gave us so much scripture, wrote the majority of the New Testament uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Literally here, we are finding his last words. Uh, so it's important to see what are the things that were on his mind? What were the things that he was thinking about? What were the things that, what were his desires in these last days during this last time that knowing uh, that his departure was soon? He had said that just in the verses before uh, what we're going to be reading now in, in verse number six, I am ready. Uh, I'm already being poured out and I fought the good fight. I finished the race, kept the faith. Uh, so he knew that his time was getting close, that he would uh, be going to be with the Lord. And so it's interesting to be able to get this perspective and hear uh, what mattered to Paul in these days. So let's read together verses Second uh, Timothy 4, verses 9 through 22, and then we'll share a little bit about what Paul has to say. He says, of course, writing to Timothy, do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus, and when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchments. Alexander the coversmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus remained at Corinth, and I left Trophimus, who was ill, at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. So knowing that Paul was approaching the end of his life here on earth, what mattered most to him? What did he speak of? What were his desires? I think we see in this passage, I think three things that really stand out that, that, that Paul was concerned about. First of all, it was the people of God. Second, the word of God. And then ultimately the glory of God, the people of God, the word of God and the glory of God. So let's, let's kind of break this down and look at it. First of all, we see people, Paul's 
love for the people of God. Um, it's so clear when you read read the writings of Paul. It's so clear how much he loved people. Uh, we're, we're, we can we can find over 100 people that Paul mentioned by name in his writings. Over 100 people that he knew in such a way that he uh, that he would mention them in the letters and the writings that that he would share. Uh, one thing that is clear is Paul was not a lone ranger. He didn't believe in doing things on his own. He recognized the importance of doing ministry and doing life together with others. He had this long list of those whom he had discipled and those whom he had mentored. Um, So it begs the question, are we pouring into others? Who who do we have in our lives that we're sharing with, that we're ministering to, that we're discipling, that we're pouring the things of God into? What do our relationships look like here on this earth? Are there people that we could say that we have invested in that that, that care about us and that we have a, a relationship with? I wonder when we get to our last days, uh, who are those people that we could say that we have influenced for the good of God's kingdom? If you can't immediately think of of names of people that I challenge you, encourage you to to be like Paul and begin now to to intentionally uh, minister to people and share, share with people and encourage and support people. Knowing all the different people that Paul loved, we certainly see from from Scripture, it appears that Paul's love for Timothy was was unmatched. Uh, He desired greatly for for Timothy to be with him here at the end. And when you get there to verse number nine, uh, Warren Wiersbe says of of this this verse that Paul is literally saying to Timothy, hurry up and get here. Um, Knowing that his days were short, he, he did not want to leave this world without spending time with Timothy. He loved him that much. He wanted to be able to pour into him one last time and to be able to encourage him and support him. Uh, Paul then lists a number of other folks that who had walked with him over his journey, over his Christian life. Um, we know from, from Paul's admonition to, to different individuals, including his admonitions here to Timothy and, and some of the specific things he said in both 1st and 2nd Timothy, we know that, that Paul put great value on faithfulness. He regularly encouraged Timothy. He regularly encouraged others to to remain faithful, to stay faithful to truth, to the ultimate truth, to the word of God, to stay faithful to the ministry to whom to which they've been called, to stay faithful to the things of God. Some of the people that Paul mentions here in this passage, they started well and they finished well. Some started well, but didn't finish well. We see specifically Demas here in verse number 10. Paul obviously uh, had poured into him and had an affection for him, but but it says here that he was that Demas was just too in love with this present world, and so uh, Demas had deserted Paul. He had deserted the things of God because he desired the things of this world more. And we we too oftentimes see people that start well but they don't finish well. May that never be said of us. May we remain faithful to the things of God. We see some of this passage that that, that started well had some issues. But then we see restoration and healing, and they finished well. Uh, specifically, he talks of Mark here in verse number 11. And I man, I love just the, the story of the relationship with Paul and Mark. Uh, this, of course, is the same Mark that was one of the disciples, apostle, that, that wrote uh, one of the Gospels. Um, but we have, a, have history and story there in Acts where, where Paul and Mark are doing ministry, and something happens. And there's something that, that happens that causes Paul to lose confidence in Mark, and, and ultimately, he does not want Mark going with him on the second missionary journey. And he's so strongly opinionated about Mark not going with him that it causes division between Paul and Barnabas, who is Paul's primary encourager. Uh, but it causes a rift between the two of them. And we end up for Paul's second journey. He doesn't bring Mark. He doesn't bring Barnabas. And Barnabas and Mark kind of set out on their own journey of ministry. 
That's apart uh, from the Apostle Paul. But when we get to, to this passage here, we see that, that something has occurred and something has happened. It's, a, it's some 20 years later uh, that, that this is being written, some 20 years after that initial separation. Now the relationship has been restored. And now uh, not only has the relationship been restored and they're able to just kind of coexist, but Mark means so much to Paul now that he's including him in this small group of people that is asking to come and see him. And so he says to Timothy, hey, hey, Mark is now beneficial to us. He's beneficial to our ministry. So, so please, when you come, bring Mark with you. I want to see Mark. I want to, I want him to be here as well. And so what a beautiful story of, of someone who had some issues and struggles, but now is finishing well and there's restoration and healing that has happened. There are some in this passage that were just straight up evil and they stayed that way. Uh, in verse number 14, Paul is giving a stern warning about Alexander the coppersmith. And uh, he is saying that Alexander was an opponent it to the gospel. He was, uh, he stood against the gospel and he is warning Timothy, Hey, be, beware of that. Uh, don't have anything to do with that. Stay alert, stay aware of, of those that would oppose the gospel. When people look at our lives, if Paul were uh, a part of our lives and he was writing about us, uh, I wonder what people would say of us. What would they say of our faithfulness, of our uh, willingness to stay true to the things of God and to the word of God? Uh, would, would, would we have a testimony that we were faithful and that we were true to the, to the word of God and the things of God? It's also important, I think, to note Paul's emotions and his decisions regarding these folks that he mentioned. Um, I think we see the emotion probably of some hurt here uh, in verse again in verse number ten when he's talking about Demas. Uh, I think Demas's decision to desert the things of God probably uh, that hurt Paul. And, and we know from experience when we poured into someone and they make the decision to walk away from those things that, that we poured into them. That hurts us, and, and and that we don't we don't enjoy that. We don't like seeing that. So I'm sure that that in this last season of his life, Paul felt some hurt there. Uh, but we also see Paul's emotion and decision to for restoration again with this relationship with Mark. Paul was willing to put aside the hurts, put aside the struggles, uh, and seek restoration with with those that he had an issue with. Uh, we see clearly Paul's heart of forgiveness um, in verse number sixteen. He's kind of talking about again talking about Alexander, uh, and then talking about those that, that have deserted him or those that were not able to be with him. And he says there, may it not be charged against them. So even those that had hurt Paul, there was a sense of, of saying, hey, I forgive them. And I'm asking you, God, not to, to hold their, this against them. Um, when I read that, I can't help but think of, of someone else who earlier uh, had said a very similar statement. When Christ was on the cross, he said, Father, please, um, they know not what they do. Forgive them. They know not what they do. And so uh, Paul here is modeling that Christ likeness. And I wonder, uh, if that's true in our lives as well, if we have a spirit of forgiveness and willing to forgive those that, that have hurt us, even when we have a legitimate reason to be hurt and to be uh, to hold a grudge, may we be willing to forgive so that we don't walk in the, uh, the, the bearing the burden of forgiveness and resentment. We also see Paul had just a great heart of appreciation. Um, he, again, over and over again, lists these people that, that had been such a blessing to him. He shows gratitude and appreciation for the work that, uh, for the things that they had done in his life and the way that they had encouraged him. And so we see that with Titus uh, is mentioned here. The, many, many folks believe that probably next to Timothy, Titus would have been right that next person that Paul really invested in and cared deeply about. 
He mentions Luke. Uh, Luke was such a faithful friend to Paul. He stayed with Paul. He traveled with Paul to all these different places and uh, believed to even have been Paul's primary physician that would have cared for him and cared for his wounds and and in these these times of, of difficulty and hurt. We, we hear mention of Tychicus. Uh, it was Tychicus that often delivered the letters, some of the different letters that Paul wrote to the churches. Um, and he's certainly kind of encouraging Timothy to say, hey, uh, Timothy, of course, who was pastoring there at Ephesus, when he wrote this letter, and he's asking Timothy to, to come be with him. Uh, it appears that he sent this letter with Tychicus and was telling Timothy that Tychicus was going to kind of take over for Timothy and he was going to fill in the gap with the church at Ephesus so that Timothy had the freedom to come and be with Paul. He mentions Carpus. Uh, Carpus held on to his belongings. So probably we, we, we believe that probably Paul was with Carpus uh, at the time that he was arrested. So again, somebody that played a key role in his life. The mention of Priscilla, it's called Prisca here, but Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, I love Priscilla and Aquila and the, just the encouragement that they had been to Paul over his ministry. If you remember back in the book of Acts, uh, when Paul first came to Corinth, which Paul tells us himself that this was probably the lowest time of his ministry, he was the most discouraged. Uh, but Priscilla and Aquila befriended him and they cared for him. And they were, uh, Priscilla, Aquila and, and Paul together were tent makers together. Uh, and, and evidently they had traveled around and now it appears that they they had, had come to Ephesus and they were helping with the work there. And, and so we see this, this, this bond that has continued over many years of ministry together. There are others that are mentioned in this passage that, that we don't know much about. We don't know their stories, but uh, they were obviously faithful and dear enough to Paul, dear enough to his heart that, uh, that he mentions them here in, these, in this last writing and in these last days. So Paul was concerned with the people of God. I wonder, what, is, what does our heart look like toward the people of God? Are we investing in people of God? Are we discipling and sharing with others? Are we allowing others to pour into us? And so just a great reminder from Paul of the importance of people and having people in our lives. The second thing that we see Paul concerned with is the word of God, the word of God. In verse number 13, Paul asked Timothy to, to bring him his cloak. And this would have been either an overcoat or some kind of blanket. He wanted him to, to bring this cloak for comfort. Uh, he says later in the passage that, that, that to do his best to come before winter. And so uh, it must have been quickly approaching that season, that time when Paul knew that having that, that, that coat would help uh, him stay more comfortable in these final days. But then he also asked for his books and his parchments. His books and his parchments. Uh, books here would have been papyrus scrolls. Uh, and again, most historians and most of us believe that, uh, that this was most likely the Old Testament writings. And Paul in these final days, again, maybe wasn't able to take these things with him when he was arrested, uh, but he had such a desire for the word of God that he wanted to be able to have the scrolls, to be able to, to read the books, to read the writings uh, of the Old Testament and the things of God so that, again, he's just filling his mind with the truth of God's word. We, we see again just how, how, how high regard and how such high regard Paul held to the scriptures. Uh, of course, just back in chapter number three of Second Timothy, he has told Timothy about how the scriptures were God-breathed. Uh, he reminded Timothy of how important the scriptures were to bring him to the point of salvation. So uh, Paul had just a great affinity for the word of God. And then he mentions the parchments. And the parchments, these would have been papers that were made of animal hides. Uh, and this was believed to be maybe uh, the, some of the letters that he had written, uh, as well as maybe some blank sheets for other letters that he wanted to write in these last days. Uh, and so in these, in the, in here, in his, in his final days on, on earth, 
He wanted the writings of scripture. He wanted the things of God. He wanted to be able to, 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 to continue to absorb and read God's word and then perhaps maybe even share it with others. Maybe he had even more to say that he wanted to share. Those things didn't make it into the canon of scripture, but maybe there were other things that he wanted to communicate and, and maybe even be reminded himself uh, of, his, of his writings. I wonder again, what does the role of the word of God play in our lives? Uh, do we do we long to read it, to study it, to know it, to allow it to be a part of us? Um, I think there's it, there's there's such a, a great importance to even uh, making notations, writing in our Bibles, or writing notes about the things that we read, so that when we are in difficult seasons, we can look back and we can look back on the things that God has shown us through His Word. We can look back on the things that that maybe even we have shared with others. And so Paul had a, a high view of Scripture, and I pray that that we would have the same. So Paul was concerned with the people of God, with the word of God, and then ultimately with the glory of God, with the glory of God. You look at verses 16 through 18, and Paul is apparently having to stand trial, some kind of defense. Maybe uh, this was some type of arraignment is what most people believe probably was the case. It uh, could have gone very differently for Paul. There could have been a time where they just immediately put him to death and made that decision to take his life immediately. He speaks of, of God sparing him and protecting him from that. Um, he knew that it was God who protected him. Uh, he knew that because there had been times in the past that God had protected him. There had been other moments in his life that God had protected him. And even here he is choosing, he recognizes that, that it's God that's choosing to extend his life. And he knew that, that God ultimately would take him to his eternal heavenly home. I love that Paul uh, says that, that, that he will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Um, one important thing to note here is, is although others had deserted Paul and others couldn't, some couldn't stand with him because they were busy doing God's work in other places and serving in other capacities and had other responsibilities. Uh, but even when no one could stand or no one chose to stand with Paul, Paul was confident that the Lord was with him. He was confident that God stood with him, that God had never left him, had never deserted him, and never would desert him. Again, Paul would have would have grown in his uh, Lord in his confidence of God's presence because so many times God had shown Himself uh, to be present in other situations. Uh, again, thinking back to when Paul first went to Corinth, uh, I love that passage in Acts that, that that when Paul was discouraged and didn't have anyone really pouring into him, there's a time where the Lord actually spoke to him and told him not to be afraid, told him to keep preaching, to keep speaking, told him that, that he could be confident in God's working and God's provision. Certainly times that Paul found himself on ships and deserted islands and through sickness and stoning and despair and all the different things, Paul could stand confidently in the presence of God, knowing that God would never leave him nor forsake him. And now even in his darkest moments, Paul has this understanding that at the end of his life, uh, God is with him. And, you know, so, so at this time, as he's approaching the final days, we see that Paul was passionate about the people uh, of, uh, that would hear the message as well, not only the people of God, but also those who were lost. And he says, in, with, again, with this understanding that, that God was with him and that God was going to provide for him, uh, we see his passion come through uh, that really, he, he says, hey, this, it's, it's okay for me to go through all this if the message of the gospel comes forth and points people to Christ. Verse number 17 there, he's, we see that he is more concerned with the gospel being preached than his own safety or comfort. And then at the end of verse 18, Paul was able to say to him, to Christ, to God, to God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul's entire life since his conversion was focused on Christ being preeminent. He was focused on the gospel being preached on ultimately everything that he did, everything that he said, his desire was that God would get the glory. 
that the glory would go to his Savior, Jesus. Now his last days are exactly the same. And what a testimony. What a testimony and what a challenge and encouragement to us. We, may we, may everything that we do, everything that we say, may it be not about our own self-promotion, our own self-granted, but it may be all about the glory of God. As we close out this final letter of Paul to Timothy, may we be willing to follow Paul's example. May we have a love for and, and a desire for the people of God, for the word of God and for the glory of God. You know, it's truly a privilege to be used of God in his work. And none of us know how long we have on this earth. None of us know how long we have to be a part of the work of God. May we be faithful to spend our energy, to spend our focus, to spend our time. May we focus on the things that really matter, on the things that matter being the people, the word, and God's glory. May that be our heart. May that be what drives us, influencing the people of God with the word of God for the glory of God. Paul knew that in his life he had experienced great grace. He wrote about that often, knowing what he deserved, but knowing what God had given him. He tried to share that same grace with others, with everyone he could. He talked about that grace and invited them to experience that grace as well. So it is fitting now that the final words we have recorded from Paul speak to the theme of his life as a Christ follower. And he says, grace be with you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank him for that grace. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we do love you and thank you for just your goodness in our lives. God, we thank you for the grace that you have provided for us that saw us lost in our sin and even in our sin and separation from you. Uh, Lord, you provided grace that, that brings us to a place of salvation. It's by your, your, your grace that we are saved through faith and, and by your mercy. And so God, we give you thanks and praise for that. Lord, may our lives reflect that grace to others. May we, uh, Lord, spend energy and effort and focus on the, on people that you bring into our lives. May we disciple and train others that, that, uh, to walk with you. May we have a high regard for scripture, for the word of God. And, and Lord, may we do all things for your glory, for your honor and your honor alone. Lord, we want to pray specifically this week for uh, families in the adoption process. God, we uh, there are many families that have answered your call and have stepped up to say that, that they are willing to adopt and bring children into their forever family. And God, often the adoption process is a long, tedious process. It's It comes with struggles. It comes with a, a, a need for patience. It comes with financial struggles. It comes with emotional struggles. And so, God, we just pray today, Lord, that those families that you have called to this, that your spirit would bring them comfort, that you would help them to trust your sovereignty, that you would help them to see you at work. And, and God, ultimately, that you would, would do mighty things and that you would um, Lord, work out all the details for these waiting children to be to come into these, these Christian homes where they're going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're going to hear and sense and feel uh, that they are loved with a love that is so different from what this world, uh, the, the, the fake love this world tries to offer. And so, God, we pray your blessings on, on families that are waiting in process. We pray your blessing on families that maybe are, are in the in the final stages of adoption now. We pray for families that have that have gone through those final stages and that now are are, are living with their children. And, and Lord, we know that that often brings struggles and trials as well, especially when you're parenting kids from trauma in our places. And so we pray for your grace to be extended to uh, adoptive families today, Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would bring their church families around them, that you would bring others into their lives, God, to be able to encourage and bless them as well. 
Lord, we know that uh, every place that we are, everything that we face, God, we know that you see us and you know where we are, you know what we need, and you are ultimately everything that we need. And so, God, we give you thanks. We give you praise. uh, We give you gratitude and appreciation for what you have done and for what you're going to do. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.